0: Yeah, so, I write a letter to the editor. This is a true story. Okay. I write a letter to the editor. Yep. And I'm saying something about, I meant to say how more men do this than women. I think it was something to do with gardening or. Sure. But the way they chopped it up, it came yeah. out like men are better than women at this. And man, let me tell you, when you live in a small town with a small town paper. Yeah
1: i was getting flack well hard yeah and you also have a wife and two daughters oh my so wife i'm sure was that didn't not sit so well not happy yeah no you can't you really gotta oh wait
0: a minute she, hey oh uh we're rolling well then let's roll well i'm rich and i'm mark and we are two, two guys, guys on block island
2: what shall we do we do?
0: Okay, so uh, we have a guest with us today that's going to uh, try to tell us some stories about the old days, and it's Mr. Peter Wood. He's an island icon. I don't know if you know him, but uh, how are you today, Peter? I'm okay. All right. Well, good. that's good enough for us. Yeah. So um, we typically ask people, uh, you know, when did you first come to Block Island? How did you first find Block Island? Um.
2: Let's see. I'm... I was born in 1930, and that's where I sort of start my dates. And I think I came out here for the first time around uh, 1950, so I would have been 30 years old. Um, at that time, I was married to a woman whose family had a place on... on. Uh, another island I'm having trouble with oh, that's names all right. and things I think it was either I think it was Nantucket and um and I lived in New York City we lived in New York City with my first wife and um in the summertime um often uh we would go visit the, Nan- the Nantucket place and she would stay up there and And I would try to commute, and there were some I had some lucky lucky years when I had a somebody who flew from New Jersey would stop and pick me up, and we would fly up we would fly up oh right uh, to, right up, land on up, Nantucket up to Nantucket yeah and then and then, when that changed i'd I'd heard about block i I loved the island and I love the island, but it was. It was a hard thing to get to from New York City, where I was working and living. And so I thought, well, here's another island that's a, maybe a little more accessible. And uh, we came up here. I think it was on. It was on a ho- one of those holidays. In, It it, it was nice weather, but it was early. It was before the season opened up here.
0: I think you told me once that you thought it was Memorial Day weekend, maybe. That would have been Memorial Day weekend, yeah.
2: But we came up here um, and uh, got off the boat, and uh, we had bicycles. We brought bicycles with us. I used to do a lot of, did all my commuting in New York City, uh, on bicycles in those days it was kind of before everybody
0: had bicycles
1: i was going to say that's kind I, of a I, popular thing to do now i was a little we
2: were a little ahead of our time
0: hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i think we're going to find that with a lot of things with you <laughs> and uh,
2: and uh and we got off the boat with our bicycles and had some lunch with us and so forth and we and we started bicycling around the island and ended up uh, i have I have trouble. Where is one of the one of the springs that are near the beach uh,
0: where you go oh, to get water uh, now? Kunimis. Yeah, I think it was yeah. down.
2: we we ended up uh, uh, around lunchtime at Coonim- down at Kunamas Road. And I can still sort of remember sitting by a rock. It was a sunny day. It was warm. and uh, and it was lovely, and it was peaceful. And we felt that we'd, in a sense, found a place. Uh, uh, we were city people, uh, but we loved the idea of, of having a, a a place in the country or being in the country. And um, we uh, uh, spent a couple of—it was a long weekend. We And, and the, the final day of the weekend, it rained. And so we called one of the realtors— uh, I forget who that was now. Alice Ball Barker. Oh, so that goes way back. And um, yeah, some of this is coming back to me now. Well, we that's called good. <laughs> her, and she came down. She was probably. She might have even been in her nineties by then. But her. But she was driving She had a car, and she came down and picked us up. And we drove around, and would said would kind of like to look at some houses here and something to do
0: this was your very first weekend on block island yeah. and you knew right away that well were- it was so it was so
2: yeah i knew it, it it was a little like nantucket and and you know the smaller anyway we drove around and uh she showed us a few few houses including the one i'm living in now and um she said well it's not on sale right now but i think it's coming on sale and uh maybe you could be interested and we went in and looked at it and we said yes we're interested and as i recall somehow right then and there we bought it <laughs>
0: <laughs> before she was and she wasn't quite allowed to sell it yet, and the <laughs> uh
2: no but the but i can remember the the uh Uh, What we paid for it was uh, $10,000. We agreed to pay $10,000 for it. (laughs) And uh, they would like to have $5,000 down. And they accepted $1,000 a year. And I said, uh, Good, we'd like to do this. Can you give us some idea how, how much land there is that goes with it? And she said, Well, I... I think it goes down to that little semi-stone wall that's down in, just in the front of my house. But here's, I'll show you this map. And uh, she showed me the map. It looked to me like it went, down. the land included a lot more than that. So my... Did, acqui- you, did you point that out to her? Did my inquisitive nature <laughs> <laughs> uh, kicked in big time. And because it... Uh, and she said, yeah, I think it goes to the stone wall. But but I think when I looked at the map, the stone wall went around a much bigger area, which turned out later on to be about four and a half acres. Wow. And wow. the house. But we bought it then. Right then and there. Right then and there. Because I just happened to have... I, 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 Something had fallen through recently, and I uh, about something else, maybe on
0: Nantucket or something. But I had five thousand dollars in the bank. Wow. So and that uh, was a pretty hefty sum back then. It wasn't. It seems like peanuts. Now. It was
2: if you were working at the New Yorker magazine and making ninety six dollars a month or something. <laughs> Is that I forget you- what it was. It was ridiculously small, but it was a wonderful job. Um working with wonderful people I was at, in the checking department and so forth
1: did you know jim Stevenson when uh, at the New Yorker was jim Stevenson there i did at that time? but we we yeah
2: but he he and I were there, but we didn't communicate much i i I knew, I knew him better later when he came to block island yep um but he was he was uh uh a step ahead he was in the editing department and i was i was like a gopher gotcha for the editors they were we were called checkers and uh and those days the new yorker uh uh did things a little differently than than the other magazines such as uh time magazine which i did some work for later on um uh, they there, there. The editor would decide this is a this is a uh, this this is a story. Would like to tell, so they'd take it. They'd take their researchers, and they'd say, "Bring us all the material you can about it," and then they would they would construct uh, an article from that. Yeah. And the New Yorker was kind of the other way around. Uh, they had their their staff writers, and they had, and they also bought bought stuff, and then the checkers would make sure that what they were given in in the finished writing was accurate. Okay, so, so you, we we were looking we were we were looking to check the work of the writer, whereas in yet some a lot of the other magazines it went the other way around. The the, the material came first, okay. and then the writers.
1: It that way so. and were you were you uh born in this or are you from new york city uh, originally were you i was born, born in, and raised i was born in new york city okay uh,
2: i had a i had a uh, grandparents who had a very very nice place in new jersey where we spent a lot of time a very nice old house that would been built by uh
1: by uh gustav stickley oh stickley wow yeah. Uh, same guy that made the chairs. He's famous chairs, yes. right? I think. Yes, it was yeah. the same
2: family, and this was a, a lovely place. So i I knew I knew how nice a country could be, but we lived in the city. Yeah, I, and, and uh, I went to school in the city, and so and so. Where'd you go to school? Well, my first, uh, my very first. School, let's see, that goes way back. I did go to a. I, I did go to a what is a preschool called? I like kindergarten yeah. or kindergarten. Yeah. I went to went to kindergarten somewhere there in in Manhattan. I can't remember the name of it now. And then and and then for first grade, I went to this place called the Little Red Schoolhouse. Uh, and it, that was its real name, <laughs> uh, and it happened to be just around the corner from where I lived.
1: And it was very nice. It was it was a
2: progressive school. Progressive
1: school. Yeah, uh, and is that where did your interest in writing and journalism stop? I, I would
2: say there. There, um, they were they were much more interested in. Uh, I was a terrible speller. I couldn't spell. It. I could barely spell my own own name. But but they didn't care about that. <laughs> yeah. they were interested in what you had to say. Creativity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that. I think
1: that shaped a lot of my life. And then, when you when you purchased the house on Block Island, was that did you move here year round immediately, or was it a summer home for a while? Okay, so summer home for a
0: long time. Okay, no. I have a question. So, sometimes we speak to the listeners, so I'm letting you know Peter's house, and don't go bother him. He lives up on uh, Old Mill Road. Now, when you bought the house, so your house has like a silo on it. Was that there already when you bought it? You built the silo as an addition onto the house. Because mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And I've never been in there. So is that all like living space up in there? Yeah. You know, there's a number of old foundations on the
2: property. So there were there were buildings there. But by the time uh, I got there, there were just the foundations. Probably old farmland and had multiple yeah. little farm buildings. So uh, the, the thing that looks like this... It isn't a silo because it's shaped like a wind. It's the way it's in the shape oh, okay. of what they, the windmill, could, but I uh, and it's uh, we call it my folly because it doesn't make any sense because <laughs> uh, it isn't a windmill, but it has uh, you know I oh and a lot of my summers were spent out on the end of Long Island uh, where they still had these windmills and they'd been restored and everything, but they had that shape. Yep. It's narrower at the top. Yes, and so when we built that, I want I, that's where we that's that's why it's that shape. Uh, you built
0: it because you wanted it. That's want it. it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so but beautiful. It's, now. But it's all it's all tongue. You know, it's all uh, pegged. There no. They're almost no. They're oh, almost oh, no. Wow. Like a post and no, beam. It's a post and definitely a post and beam construction. And uh, the guy who built it, I can't think of his name now right while I'm talking about it, but he was very leery about doing it that way because he was just starting out and building. But we did it, and he got them together. And if you go inside, you'll see it's all pegged. It's not. It's not— hammered together with well, ha- wow.
0: Clearly it made it through a few hurricanes and stuff, so I think it's, uh, it's solid. All right. Good work, yeah. Well, it's gorgeous up there, and you have some people you allow to hold their horses up there. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's great to drive by, and you see the horses running in the field. And yeah. The, and mm-hmm. the, but a very unique house. I mm-hmm. think it's really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. And so when you came to Block Island that first weekend and found your house, um, and you purchased the house, and then starting whenever that, then or that following summer you started coming out summers who were some of the people that you first met that you became fast friends with and would socialize with mm. if you can if you can think of any
0: i i can't
2: right away we didn't okay. we didn't much integrate with the Islanders at all,
0: I was gonna say uh, some people don't
2: like my family uh, well I'll tell you go ahead, I'll tell you what I'm We were definitely summer summer people in the beginning um, later on the war came the the second world war began, and a lot of the men went off to war, and my mother was sort of running things and uh I, I get mixed up with, with our time on Long Island and our time here. That's so okay. That's okay. Yeah. a little yeah. hard to yeah. figure out.
0: I still get mixed up, believe me. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but one thing that's
1: for sure is that from some of the other guests that we've had on the podcast mm-hmm. that we've spoken with uh, who were here back in that time period, there was definitely a distinction, a, a little more so now, I think, uh, than now, uh, whereas the islanders were islanders and the summer people were summer people. Yes, right. I mean, we uh, Everett Littlefield told us, I think, probably the one of the most striking anecdotes about the way that, you know, he, he and his friends, their summer job was the bag boys. When the when the summer people would come off the boat, he would load their big steamer trunks into a truck and bring them to their cottages for the summer. And there was a definite like, you know,
0: mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. And Vinnie McAloon said that, right. you know, he, he said it took him years to break into like a certain group yeah. that he wanted to hang around <laughs> with. that were locals and he, you know, they would always make him do dumb stuff and they didn't really, yeah. it wasn't easy to break into that. I grew up in New York and my family, similar story, purchased property on Block Island back in the thirties. And, um, you also, It's a different world today where it's – I feel like I remember there was, like, the one-a-day trip to town, and that was it. You left the west side, you went into town, you did this, this, and this, and then you went back to the west side. And that was pretty much it, except for a few uncles and my dad. Some 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 of them used to get in a little trouble at the – at the pub down there, at uh, Yellow <laughs> Kittens and stuff like that. But but otherwise, there wasn't a, a super. Um, it was you were you were your group, and you yeah. weren't you weren't necessarily here to make a whole new batch of friends. You were here to enjoy that peace and tranquility of this beautiful place that you bought to get yes. out of the city. Yeah. yeah, you know, you leave a you leave a place where you've got a hundred people living within a hundred feet of you, and why would you want to? You know, I guess so. try to recreate that. You yeah. know, it's Good point. Uh, you know, I think it's a different world. Yeah. So before you went to the New York, started working at the New Yorker, did you go to college, anything like that? Yes, I went to Hamilton College, which
2: is a small liberal arts college up in New York State where my grandfather had taught and my father went. What did he teach? I went. Uh, The grandfather taught what I guess is. International. I, I forget the name of the course, but it was it was in the history department, whatever it was. Okay. Um, and I was much more interested in sports than I was in education. Yep. But I got a. But despite everything, I think I got a pretty good education. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then I and then I did go on, a little later. What did I do? I did. Well, I went into the Navy for a while. Yep. Hated hated the military. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it.
0: Were you in by choice or draft? I would have been drafted,
2: so I instead I enlisted. Yep. So I was I spent 3 years on a destroyer in the Atlantic. Uh Oof. And I didn't hate it, you know, I but I didn't like it. I didn't like the military because uh, um, one of the aspects of it is that that it's so structured and unless your superior officers are good guys who you like and respect, uh, my luck of the draw wasn't that way. Uh, I did not... (laughs) I did not like the the uh, <laughs> uh, captains of these ships that I was on. They were all uh, recently out of uh, out of officers' training school or something like that, and they were just afraid of
1: making a mistake. And so,
2: yeah. and so forth. I didn't like the military. Let's put it that
1: way. Well, it sounds like coming from a uh, kind of progressive background, you know, where. Um, you were encouraged to be a writer and, and do those kinds of things. It would stand a reason. I guess you might not love the authority. I understand the military.
2: I understand why the military system is the way it is, sure. but it's not, it, it, you know, it's yeah. not,
0: not, really. And, not, and you, I, go I ahead. think you're right though. That's the thing. You know, if you're a creative person, which you strike me as um, I think when you're a creative person, it's, just not the style to live this is these are the rules and there's no going outside the box right you stay in the box or you get in yeah. trouble yeah. because your mind is the kind that wants to go outside the box right you know can't help but go outside You can't the help box. it and mm-hmm. it's almost like being imprisoned yeah your minds imprisoned by a system like that so yeah. I, I agree I understand it but I don't think I could you know
1: and were you a nautical kind of person before had you been on boats and ships I, before I was so. like the water yeah okay that, with my
2: connection to the Black Iron, yeah, I used to have sailboats here. And okay, sort of so at least that wasn't too foreign to you
1: being on a boat.
2: No, no, my choice was to be in was yeah. to be in the Navy rather than a, if I'd been drafted, I would have been. I don't know. Yeah, where I would have been. A lot of my friends were
0: who didn't who were would be sent to Germany or something like that. Infantry, but, army, and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Well. I think that was a smart choice yeah
1: and then do you remember, do you recall approximately what when when was it that you made the full-time move to Block Island and started living here year-round more or less doesn't have to be exact um
2: I'm very uncertain as to when that was but it it had a little to do with the availability of the I, I was by that time I was definitely committed to journalism of some time. Yeah. And and at some point again, maybe this'll come back to me while I'm talking, it it uh it looked like Block Island could use a newspaper. There'd been some other papers started here, but they weren't going anymore.
0: Uh and uh and so i believe you uh, with the the v i times under you was in the eighties was in the early eighties I, I, I think it yeah i think it was by then uh but we'd 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 worked
2: on it before we bought it uh it was owned by it was started the block iron times was started by somebody else uh yeah it was like a congl- whatever the sum- it, it was a six times it was a six times a summer paper yep uh would come out every two weeks. During July and August and something like that and then and then slowly as Block Island grew it became obvious that the paper could grow too so we would we went from the sixth when we went from that schedule we went up to eight eight in the summer and then pretty soon we did it you know every I I don't know over a course of about five years it grew into
0: a full-time weekly yeah well, and that while we were running it, and that was a time when you know you could barely get TV channels out here, and so that was a really important thing because that's how a lot of people, you know, nowadays you open your phone or your computer, and everything that just happened six hours ago is in front of you, but like, or exactly. six minutes ago, yeah, or six minutes ago, yeah, uh, you know. Well, I'm not one of those people, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was probably an important you know, to, I mean, I remember my family getting so excited when the BI times would come out because you'd get to read, you know, and it wasn't gossip. It was, you know, stuff you didn't know was happening that happened, you know, meetings and, and ordinances and all the stuff that still happens. But like I said, there wasn't this biz buzz of everybody knowing everything instantly. You yeah, know, so. there was a time when the Block Island Times uh, was an,
2: a fairly important instance. Institution on block island it was yeah. it unfortunately was a, that went through, through you know that began we saw that development now interestingly enough it's gone the other way because there's so much
0: information coming in from
2: yes so much so many different directions yeah and i
0: think you can't help it that's the industry itself yeah. o- overall industry yeah. So yeah and know. i
1: mean it's not o- it's not owned by It's owned by a conglomerate, I believe, too, at this point. Right. right? That's off-island. But I believe
0: Peter, when when he first, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you came in and it was like a small paper under a conglomerate. Like, was it Dave's news? Maybe it was Dave's paper. Dave's Mm -hmm. newspaper. Something like that. They own like five or six different little papers like that. And then that's when you took it over. So then it became just yours, right? You actually own the paper and it was all you. And that's yeah, the- we
2: had to, we ran it. Yeah, we ran it under a contract with whoever owned it. Oh, okay. We ran it for we we had a contract with them for five years, and I and we said uh, we said if you don't sell it to us after that, if we don't buy it after that, then we're going to start another paper. Smart, ah, and, smart, and, <laughs> and and so. We negotiated, and there was quite a negotiation for a while of how much we should pay for it and so on and so forth. I can't remember how that was all worked
0: out. And I would wager that you probably drove the value of the newspaper up with the way you ran it. You know it's almost like you drove the value of right. what you needed wanted to buy because you probably made it more successful more interesting more distribution i would imagine once you especially during that five years you know if you started bringing it to you know a weekly paper instead of uh eight times four times a summer you know that probably made it a much more you know worthwhile commodity to mm-hmm, try mm-hmm. to get so then you bought it and it was all yours yes how many years i wonder i don't remember how many, do you remember how many years you it was just yours before you sold it? It was in the
2: 10-year range, 8 to 10 years. Okay. Oh, just about all was that. And then, you know, my my wife was killed in a in a uh, plane accident. Uh, I do and I it. tried to run it for another year or so by myself. And my heart wasn't in it anymore, yeah. and I sold yes, it, yes, uh, yeah, uh I can't remember exactly what the year that that plane accident happened, but I that, remember that was, yeah. that was a big change in my life,
0: yep, wow. yeah, I remember very sad, very um,
1: sad um and but when you did have the paper, um do you recall any? any of the big stories like did you break any big news or was there any one or a couple stories that come to mind that you can remember being either i don't know controversial or or you you know broke some news i guess in some way or not maybe there wasn't maybe it was just more about community events and
2: i i can't offhand think that there was any you know often uh stories about newspapers and things of course yeah. they make that a big thing. But there wasn't anything like that. But I do feel the fact that that the paper was here had something to do with how people behaved and, and things that they did. And in other words, we were the first the first organized thing that, that brought a spotlight on it onto anything that if you didn't get people I were going to find I, out <laughs> yeah yeah i spent end, endless hours sitting down at uh, town council meetings and 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 zoning board meetings and things like that very exciting and stuff. a lot of this had all for otherwise went went unreported Uh, or unrecorded you know except on their the minutes of those organizations and unless you wanted to know what was going on so it definitely there came a time as block island grew uh that it needed a weekly newspaper
1: yeah
0: and and we grew with it and you spoke out very early about concerns about block island growing. that was our definitely
2: our main concern was to was to put some brakes on on the on the growth yeah and uh we were able to do it to some degree I, I, it was a great success when i found we got the we got the zoning board to create a
0: three-acre zoning and, and then of course slow down the subdivision because before that you if you own yeah. three acres you could divide it into six lots or whatever and yeah now yeah. six more houses we
2: said whoop well, whoopee we've got three acres only now well almost a week later they decided yes but you can build two houses on on those three acres
0: no better than that <laughs> and the houses
2: can and the houses can be owned by two different organi- people and so uh-huh. really really we went to we went to for a little while we were in three acres only and then all of a sudden we were an acre and a half right, uh, right yeah uh
0: because two you know. siblings, say, could buy the three acres and each put up their own house right. on the three of acres. Yeah, yeah. of so. You know, you have, like you said, memories get spotty. I just have this one cool memory because I didn't see it in person yet. I was a little, pretty young. But the new thing on the island was Block Island was trying, was, remember that maybe you don't remember, I don't know, but they were doing a test windmill. I think we offered to be the test site for, it was like a NASA windmill and it had these two giant blades. And I just remember seeing that picture on the cover of the block Island times of this thing on block Island. And it seemed like futuristic. (laughs) It was just huge. And because of that part of the agreement, maybe you know more than I do, but somewhere in there we got cable TV because there was concern that this windmill would cause like some kind of electrostatic interference with what little reception that the two channels you did get on your TV on block Island would be interfered with by this, whatever this created, this static electricity yeah. or something. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like a scientist. I am not. Don't sure worry. Exactly. don't, I know, I know not even close, <laughs> no. but yeah, but that moment yeah. with the block Island times is one of my memories of, oh, I just had this aha moment. Like, look at that thing. And then we yeah. got, you know, I got out here and I got to see it. And it was by the power company, right? Wasn't on the power company property. Yeah, when they built yeah. that thing. Yeah, yeah. I you think know? the foundation is still there.
1: Yeah, huh?
0: Yeah, it was huge. I mean, probably not as big as the windmills we have. Well, now, interesting but...
1: that many years later, now it's more windmills that bring us broadband cable. Yeah, internet. Yeah, uh, sorry, broadband internet That's supposedly it. to the island. I
0: don't It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Sure. But yeah. So that's my, like one of my younger memories of, and I wasn't super little, but I just remember that the paper brought me that. Wow. Cause I think a family member had brought it back. I wasn't out here when it was put up and I just was like, that can't be block Island. But (laughs) you know, you had that aha moment of holy mackerel. And then I, I don't know, it didn't work or the test was over and they took it down or something, but it, I I think that was it. You yeah. know, your memory is
2: much better than mine. Well,
0: you should be interviewing yourself. Oh well, I s- have, Someday that'll happen. <laughs> we, we might do that this year. You,
2: yeah. yeah. Some of those memories definitely come back. Yeah. The <laughs> fight over what, what we could do and what we couldn't do. But every, ever, ever since the beginning, my interest was, was putting on the brakes. Yes. Uh, for development. And we, we had some success with that, but,
0: uh, and you're, it sounds to me like the one word that you really helped, you know, bring to block Island is you, you know, the paper was able to create some accountability. Mm-hmm. Things couldn't just happen at a meeting with a board and one person standing there in front yeah. of them, because if you know, in that, in those days, if you weren't in the room, you didn't know what happened. But now suddenly, it was you mm-hmm. know, it mm-hmm. was a public meeting, so it was documented by the paper, and that changed probably a lot, knowing that there was accountability suddenly created. I think you it know? did yeah I, I think
2: now it's getting that's that all is much diluted because there's so much information yeah coming in from yeah. all different places but uh, yeah, there was a time when the when the business of Block Island was conducted. Pretty, for pretty much in the dark, unless you were willing to go to the meetings.
0: Right. Remember Edie Blaine? What did she say? Yeah. She said, uh, "You'd you'd come in." And you'd state your claim or what you needed or wanted from the town council. And then they'd tell you to just go outside and they'd let you know. That's how they, that's how they did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, I had a feeling it had a lot to do with, you know, if they liked you or not. Probably. Hey, Peter, we're just going to take a one minute break, shall we, to listen to our sponsors? We have some sponsors we're gonna, that, we, that support our show. So we're going to just take a one minute break for our okay. sponsors and we'll be right back. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh- uh, uh, okay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, I was thinking of going out to dinner tonight, but I changed my mind, and I'm cooking at home after opening the BI Times and seeing the latest recipe from Pam Gelsimini in Dish Off the
1: Block. Oh, yeah. I love that column. But you know what? I found out Dish Off the Block isn't only in the Block Island Times. She's got a whole blog at dishofftheblock.com. There you can purchase Pam's new line of Dish Off the Block spices,
0: including Superbly Herbly, Chow Bella, and Raging Cajun. Yeah, not only that, tons of recipes like that Superbly Herbly Striped Bass, uh, apricot ginger sticky ribs over shiitake and leek fried rice. Uh, She's got mussels and chorizo, Parmesan, cream sauce. I mean, those are just a couple
1: of them. Yeah. And you know what? I've also seen that she has a cookbook out called What Can I Make With This Frickin' Chicken? And it's got 50 tried and true recipes using ingredients commonly found in any
0: kitchen, really. And those meals, I've made a few of them. They are worthy of a five-star restaurant they
1: really are they're very easy they're approachable you know if you're just a novice chef sometimes you know you get scared away by these big fancy recipes not here anyone can make these and that's what's so
0: cool about them yeah check her out check out pam all her stuff you go to dishofftheblock.com you can read the blog you can shop the spice rack you can purchase a cookbook or just find something great to make for dinner tonight Ooh, now i'm getting hungry i'm always hungry
1: Hey Rich, I feel like I need some exercise, let's go run the Block Island Triathlon um i'm more into low impact how about a gentle paddle oh sure well we could go explore the great salt pond on a kayak or paddleboard from fort
0: island kayaks yeah they and you know they have the hobie pedal boards too you ever try one of those out it's like a bike on water i've heard about that they've also got the peekaboo glass bottom kayak yeah and you can rent all their stuff by the hour a half day full day or even a whole week if you're going to stay for a week you can reserve
1: a kayak for a week yeah but you know what you might want to make a reservation if your group is six or more that's a
0: hot tip for you well, that's a Good tip. I like it. So uh, basically, you go explore the Great Salt Pond. It's got hidden coves. There's the oyster farms out there. The marinas. Andy's Way is great.
1: You know, Yeah, it's super cool. And it's operated by and it's located adjacent to our friends at the B.I. Fishworks place. Oh,
0: nice. All right. Well, you can hear everything we just talked about and more if you go to the B.I. Fishworks.com or you can give them a call at 401 466
1: nine you know what my favorite thing to do on a paddleboard is what's that i like to bring a sandwich with me and paddle out to andy's way and just kind of camp out there and eat my sandwich
0: it's like finding your own private spot
1: i just try to not get sand in my sandwich
0: well better in your sandwich than your shorts that's my motto
1: yeah good point hey rich yeah. I am starving right now. So I want to go somewhere that's intimate, but has really great food and kind of a fun atmosphere. So you know what? I think I'm going to head down to Eli's.
0: Well, they got to be doing it right. They've been there since 1994. Yeah.
1: And, well, you know, a big part of it is because uh, Chef Erica is always there, and she's making some of the
0: greatest dishes on this island. Oh, they got some real island favorites in my book. The tuna nachos, the arugula salad with warm goat cheese. Oh, how can you go wrong? Totally. And you know what's really cool cool is that the dishes are crafted with fresh local ingredients yeah and the menu you know it changes too they have exciting seasonal changes to the menu so you know what you find on there in the spring it, it'll be different by the fall yeah and they're always great no matter what they're but hey you know what
1: i really love doing is sitting at the bar because they have an amazing wine list and when rosemary's bartending she makes a rosarita if you know what i'm saying uh-huh. and she also rich here's one of the things she does she makes martinis with just the right amount of ice shavings floating on the
0: top oh i love that sheen you know along with partners brad and ann Marthens, eli's features a warm friendly staff of local island service industry veterans and they're there and they're going to make sure That your experience is absolutely perfect. And they've got an extended season, March to November, and then they open back up for New Year's. Yeah, I've been there for New Year's. It's fun. Cool. But they don't take reservations, so you will notice, because it's so great, there's a line out the door. Yeah, I'm going to check the
1: menu first online at Eli'sBlockIsland.com. Hey, Rich, do these bell-bottoms make me look fat? Bellbottom. Oh, wait. It must be Monday and you're going to disco night at Captain Nick's. Well, yeah, of course I'm going to disco night at Captain Nick's. I'm the DJ, man. I gotta be there. <laughs> that place is so much fun. So much fun. And the fun doesn't end after Monday, because on Tuesday and Wednesdays, we have dueling pianos, followed by Dr. Wes sloppy seconds. What are sloppy seconds? Well, that's when I play the piano for the rest of the drunk people there at the end of the night. Well, that sounds fun in itself. And Thursdays, they've got live acoustic acts and full bands and DJs. Yeah. And Friday and Saturday afternoons, we have acoustic Stick acts on the deck at 530.
0: Uh, Fridays are Delaney, and then Saturdays are Buddy Rob Davis. And then Friday and Saturday nights, they've got the best live bands on Block Island, like Derek and the Fun Bags, The Blushing Brides, Fever, Neil and the Vipers, West End Blend, and the High and Mighty Brass Band, just to name a few.
1: Yeah, and uh, the bands aren't over just because Friday and Saturday night ends. On Sunday afternoons, the Young
0: Guns take the stage on the deck at 530. Sunday fun day, and what if you're hungry? They got food, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, so so they have serving food out of the Captain Galley seven days a week, including some late-night grub. So, you know, if you're hungry, stop in late night and grab a bite.
1: Yeah, and if you want to check out the full entertainment schedule, let's just head over to CaptainNicksBI.com. Okay, we are back with Peter Wood. Uh, Peter, I have a question. We were talking about, you know, the early days of the paper. I- I'm assuming you must have had to have some thick skin because you probably not everyone loved the fact that the, like things like the town meetings were all now out there for everyone to see and whereas a lot of certain you know deals happened behind closed doors now the doors were open and mm-hmm. you're the one who kind of opened them mm-hmm. so did you have to incur blowback from you know in any or or was it not so much
2: I definitely remember Blowback and and the feeling that uh, I was an outsider. Uh, the locals didn't like me or much. Yeah. Uh, because they'd had it all to themselves before that, I guess. Yeah. And it, I mean, this is unusual to Block Island, but anytime some something new happens, I definitely felt uh, felt that. Did it bother Even you? Even from people like Edie. B- Edie Blaine was a re- <laughs> was a very reasonable. She didn't like like us, <laughs> but i I think we grew to respect each other tremendously. Yeah, and she was a wonderful, wonderful uh, asset to Block Island. I had to keep reminded her that she didn't come from Block Island. She was
0: <laughs> ooh, oh boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, uh, even though she acted like she did. You know, <laughs> uh, you know she I, she married an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she told you all about that, I'm yeah. sure. But She did. Uh,
0: but we ended up uh, well, sort of laughing at each other. And, you know, I kind of feel like in hindsight, those locals who maybe didn't like the change with you, the paper and all that stuff, literally they know that, in the big picture, your interest was really in protecting what they had, you know, in the big picture. Because you've always been an advocate for conservation. And like you said, you can't stop it, but try to slow down the change. Let's not have this place blow up as fast as a lot of other places do. And you know, even in my lifetime, we, we've talked. just didn't change in the last 20 years, you know. Yeah. It's been something. So here's a little something. Uh, if I'm not mistaken... You, the Bi Times, while you were at the helm, came up with the Bayberry Wreath Award. Mm-hmm. Now, what made you think of? I don't know. How did you come up with that idea? Because that's kind of a big. I to think do.
2: I was copying something. I think I maybe again. I might have picked that up from my connections with Nantucket or something. I think. Uh, I think. I think we didn't just bring it up out of out of thin air but we wanted to make an award and, and and i'm I'm sure we gave it that name the bayberry wreath award and so forth but i can't remember exactly the model that we had in mind again it might have been something we brought from then, from our from our nantucket days it was our, a great idea uh, and
1: f- for our listeners what is the bayberry wreath award and who is it awarded to and for what reason well that, that
2: that became an issue for for us for us it was really um, conservation it was a, it was a method of conservation i mean you can you can put the sort of side of thing you know once you buy into a place that, that is uh, not yet developed and you' are the last one in the door, you'd just as soon shut the door behind you uh, and, <laughs> right. and and not have it any further developed uh and we were certainly part of you know part of that that thing uh because we came here uh as an as a and uh, the, looking for the opposite of new york city and um
1: so and with your experience, oh, you were whatever. on Nantucket as well. I'm curious as to—I've never been to Nantucket. I've been to Martha's Vineyard, uh, which doesn't even feel like an island to me in a lot of ways. It's so big because it has three different settlements. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you contrast and compare Nantucket to Block Island in terms of just general feeling, vibe? I guess I don't—I don't know. And and
2: well. I think going to Nantucket was, was 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 more for a city person would was somewhat more of an adventure than going to Block Island for okay. two for two reasons. Nan, Nantucket had this uh, had this whaling uh, uh, history yeah. and 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 a, and a town that still had some of the old buildings and things. And really, the old stuff on Block Island were a few when we got here were a few derelict hotels uh, of not much uh, distinction either historically or architecturally or anything so we didn't we didn't have the we didn't have the uh structure we we had the open space which was wonderful but we didn't have any any uh structures that were that were of note those big old hotels were all falling apart and they're not
0: mm, anyway so yeah so it was different in yeah. that in that regard yeah well i will say this if i'm not mistaken i i don't know exactly was it 25 years after the bayberry wreath award was created didn't they turn around and give it to you like you received the reward yourself <laughs> I mean, I did, <laughs> Really? yeah yeah no, is, no that's, uh, this is true and they finally came around to realize what most, he was doing. Most wow. silly and but anyway <laughs> yeah well i think that says a lot when you create an you know come up with an idea for an award yeah that, that honors people who care so much about block island and then yeah turns people out, like keith lewis and stuff it's we almost really like they finally him. realized you were one of them you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i said at first they they fought you off but then 25 years later they said you know what they came to realize that you were had yeah. your interest in mind and
1: and would you say that you feel fully accepted now as, <laughs> since you've been here so long, or do you still feel like an outsider sometimes here? Well, all the people that I recall that, that were grumpy about
2: me are dead now. <laughs> 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 and yep. I, I have to keep saying, me and, and I had a wonderful wife yes. who, right, who had a lot to do yep. with supporting... I mean, she got into real estate to to pay our bills, while we while I was
1: doing the paper, which in the beginning didn't make any you
2: know was losing money.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask that too. Did it end it, up becoming um, I don't know, lucrative or at least you know provide you? Yeah, with it's a, definitely it, it was. Yeah, yeah, it did. While we
2: were running it, de- definitely supported. Yeah, itself, we weren't putting money into it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Again, I compare it to some to the Nantucket situation, which I knew, and right. I think when they got what they used to uh, irrever- irreverently call the Inky Mirror, uh, <laughs> the I forget exactly what that's short for, <laughs> the, the the something. Anyway, uh, we no we we kept it financially yeah. started make uh, didn't make money as i say surely had to work in real
0: estate to keep yeah. keep bread on the table well it uh, sounds like our podcast we certainly you know yeah. can't quit our day jobs <laughs> no no. Yeah. Yeah. no it's definitely for the love of the game yeah yeah they do it because you love it yeah mm-hmm. you have know, that passion yeah. and and again sometimes we bring whether it be an old story or something happening currently we we like Mm-hmm. being you know letting people know that you know? yeah yeah and you know instead of having to have the paper mailed to you though in these days they just listen and they hear it you know all the way in new york city yeah and it's good
1: yeah. yeah and yeah again the contrast though because when you were producing the paper if you had your photographers taking photos the film had to be developed and you had to wait or maybe you had a dark room i don't know mm-hmm. but um that's a good question
0: right there what's that how did, did, did what, what, the pictures get developed on Buck Island?
2: Uh we definitely had a dark room cuz you know I came up my father was a photographer so Oh, I didn't Oh, I, yeah, no idea. Yeah, so I he was a trained architect but out of out of MIT but in 1930s when nobody was building anything. So while I was growing up, he uh, supported us with photography starting taking kids pictures and then working for the, mag- the magazines and so forth and so forth so down in the basement of the our apartment in New York City we had a, a uh, we could develop everything
0: did it. you have anything on Block Island did you ever develop your own pictures from the from the bi times or did you typically would send the film off on the plane or the boat and then the pictures would come back uh, we did I think
2: I think we did both because I can remember how you developed film. You had to do it in these canisters. Wow! Uh, you put it on reels, and you had these things. I I might even have some of those. So we did. We it we changed to the times, and the times were changing rapidly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, having to do with all of that.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, rapidly. Because word very, processing rapidly. was probably. Just coming in in the 80s, I believe, in the early 80s, maybe.
0: Yeah, computers yeah, so. were still government and yeah. military in the yeah. 50s and 60s, and then they started to hit yeah. the
1: public. But, wow.
2: But see, my my father did all of that, but he some of it he learned through the time in the, in the military. Yeah. I
0: see, I see Heather looking in the window. Oh, there. well, she can just <laughs> wait a minute. I was... I was told to ask you to tell us, I don't even know what it means, but a skinny-dipping story? (laughs) Does
2: that ring a bell? Well, I know what the term was used for when you took took your clothes off and you went in naked. Uh, You never did that? Never. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well. I don't know. I see his face. (laughs) uh, Well, you did it when you... Yeah, when you could, because it was nice. I mean, when it was uh, when the water was warm yeah. and, and you go out in the evening and things like that. But it was never a, you know, never in my world, the naughty thing you could do to get away with gave you a little thrill, no, you just went thrill for the swim. Which, you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, was, that's how we were born. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like uh, Chuck Sawyer and those kids all went. I you know, did maybe? it, but they called it.
1: Chunky Dipping.
0: Chunky, yeah. there's no nothing skinny here. The mm-hmm. only uh,
1: advice I would have on skinny dipping is don't do it in fresh pond. The snapping turtle, you don't want
0: snapping. That's a wives' tale. Is it? <laughs> have is you ever heard bad? of anybody getting bit by a snapping turtle? That no, but put their hand in front of it. Uh. No, but I don't want to be the first one. <laughs> that's like don't go swimming in the ocean if you haven't you seen Jaws. All right. Yeah. Fair right. <laughs> Fair
1: oh my God! What a great idea for a- for another franchise though. Instead of a killer shark, it's a killer snapping. Killer
0: snapping turtle in a fresh pond. i'm just thinking well
1: um i used to do
2: a lot of a lot of skin diving and stuff and when i saw my first big sharks
0: it's pretty scary oh yeah oh yeah yeah. i've seen a few snorkeling and you know so well peter i I, I, i'm sorry i do have one more question okay i I, I want to just
1: we were getting ready to wrap it up can we kick another five minutes is that okay yeah okay i i just want to ask when you when you sold the paper um Mm -hmm. you sold it to bruce montgomery correct or was there another owner between before Bruce between
2: I, I think I, I think it was Bruce, was it Bruce? yeah okay think, it was very close in there there might have been another owner for a short time or okay. something and then he got hold of it okay
1: I was I'm just curious because I that's when I, I came to Block Island in 1996 and um I would do work uh f- with Bruce there for doing some advertising and uh it was just interesting because i i didn't know you were from manhattan originally but bruce was also in the ad game in manhattan so so two consecutive runs of manhattan expats that were in (laughs) some sort of print you know medium i guess coming over and running the times yeah
0: yeah i had uh one more comment too and i hope i speak for both mark and i whether in the years i've Known you and heard from you and read the paper when you were running it, and even after that, because you're not afraid to speak up. And to that point, we, you know, have a great admiration for people who are not afraid to rock the boat and say what's important to be said, regardless of that blowback that Mark talked about earlier. Yeah. And I don't even know that I'm that good at it, you know, and I really respect you for that because I think you. Said what had to be said, even if it wasn't the most popular thing to hear, and I think that that's uh, people like that are very important in uh, in this world, and I think that that's a very admirable quality. And uh, indeed, yeah, well, it's yeah. certainly the basic quality of good
2: journalism. Isn't it? Yep, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, you shouldn't be controlled by the uh, by the uh, owners and so forth. And that was. Uh, the separation of church and they call it the separation of church and state, but the separation of of money and and whoever's running the paper is very the the the, the uh, latitude that the owners will give a good editor
0: is what makes a good paper I think. Yeah. Well, that definitely made you not afraid to say what needed to be said when it yes. needed to be said mm-hmm. and we appreciate that. For sure. All right. Well, uh we're going to wrap it up. Uh it's been great talking with you. Okay. Thank you it so has. much for the time and the mm-hmm. stories and uh listeners okay. I hope you enjoyed hearing these stories just as much as we did. And, uh, you know, feel free to email us or, uh, you know, give us your comments or any ideas yeah. you have. And if you guys, what is it called? I Mark? forget. Two guys, two guys on, on
1: bi at, at gmail dot com, Right. Yeah. And also make sure to follow us on the uh, social media channels and whatever you do. Tell your friends about us, uh, because that's how word about the podcast really spreads. And that's how we want it to spread. So uh, thanks for listening. And thanks again, Peter. Thank it's great you, Peter. With you. Very much. This was Good. fun. It was fun. Hey, Rich. Yeah. um, I'm thinking about starting a newspaper in addition to our podcast. Uh, Do you want to help me and be part of that too? Um, Sure. I'll lend you an extra layer of skin because you're going to need it. Yeah. Skinned. Well, I do cry easily. Well, I was thinking we could do the whole paper in crayons. Do you want to? And just,
0: you know, like just do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really good with my feet when it comes to using crayons. Perfect. Would you just put one right now between my big toe and my. I got to go.
1: Oh, and one last thing, whether you're a local or just visiting Block Island, pick up a copy of the Block Island Guide. Published annually for the last 35 years, it features 120 pages full of killer photos and all the details you need to know. Most importantly, it's fun to read. What shall we do with sailor?
2: What
0: shall do with drunken sailor? What shall we do with the drunken sailor?